Welcome to this week's episode of Lash Biz Babes, the podcast for solo beauty business owners who want to build a full clientele and create a business and life that they truly love. My name is Erica. I'm your host. I'm a lash artist turned beauty business coach and lash educator. And happy 2024. Welcome to the new year. Welcome to our first show of the new year and our first guest episode of the year. I'm so excited to be back with you again and just so excited because also we are almost two years into the show. We're going to hit our two-year anniversary next month. I've got some fun things planned and I'm so excited for it. Um, And like I said, today's going to be our first guest episode of the year. Today I've got Kayla on from KK Artistry and she is also the host of Educated Artistry Podcast. She's been a lash artist since 2015 and her goal is to help others build a thriving beauty business on their own terms. We covered so much ground in this episode when we're talking modern marketing, TikTok, content creation, so many things. I'm really excited for you to get to listen in. Before we jump into that, I wanted to let you know if you haven't heard already that we are also hosting our second annual Lash Biz Babes online conference this May on May 18th and 19th. It is all online all virtual for solo beauty business owners who are ready to step into their empowered era. This year, it's going to be all about supporting you mentally, emotionally, physically, strategically, and financially to thrive in your business. We're going to have some expert speakers, some amazing giveaways, and a lot of fun happening, and we would love to have you there. The ticket link is in the show notes. You can get your ticket for only $99 right now. Prices are going up next month in February. This is the only place you can get the link to get a ticket right now, so jump on that. And I also just wanted to give a huge shout out and thank you to this week's sponsor, for the episode, Piper Rose Select Skincare. I've been working with them on their social media for the last couple of months. We are just getting started together and it has been so much fun. And they sent me some of their products. And one of them is one I wanted to tell you about because it is so good. I wish I would have found this sooner because it would make such a great retail product for you in your lash business or your beauty business. So they have what's called their Revive Bright Lighten and Lift Eye Serum Roller. And it's actually like a little metal ball roller with eye serum. Um, And it's lash extension safe. It's all water-based. It has high quality ingredients in it and it helps to lighten um, and tone and lift. And you can use it not just under your eyes, but any kinds of fine lines, wrinkles, um, especially if you're an esthetician, I know you wanna suggest like good high quality products to your lash clients that are going to be safe with their lash extensions and that's exactly what this is. It's so convenient to use. You can roll it over an ice cube first, roll it underneath of your eyes after that and it also helps with like puffiness um, and inflammation and I'm honestly loving it and that's not even because they are sponsoring the episode. It's just truly that I love the product and I stand fully behind it and it also makes such a great retail product for your clients. So, They are doing a sale right now for Valentine's Day. You can get 14% off. Um, You can buy as many as you want. They also have wholesale options and they do free shipping. So you use code EYES14 at checkout. Um, Let them know that I sent you. And yeah, thank you Piper Rose for sponsoring today's show. And with that, 
We're going to jump on into it. I'm so excited for you to get to hear all the things from Kayla today. Okay, so welcome to Lashwiz Babes. I'm so excited to finally have you on. I feel like we've talked about doing this for forever now. But for starters, if you just want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do in the industry. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. It's about time. Um, my name is Kayla. I am the owner of KK Artistry and then I host the podcast Educated Artistry. And I started in the lash industry in 2015 and just have kind of been, oh my gosh, I started as an employee and then I went to a solo salon suite and then I was, I did training and then I got my own studio and I have renters and now I'm in like the podcasting world and online business coaching and all that. So I feel like I've done a little bit of everything like within these past eight years, but um, yeah, I'm excited to be here and chat today. I love that. That's similar to me too. I feel like I've done a little bit of everything. Um, so how did you get started as a lash artist? Yeah, so I was in college and then of course I was just like dropped out because I was just like, <laughs> I'm like, this is just nothing was everything I was like taking classes and I'm just like, this doesn't nothing feels good. Like I felt like I, I was going to try and go into like a, some sort of medical field area and i was just like am i doing this just because people say that oh that's what you should do if you want to make good money um and i always have liked like the beauty industry and so i was just like i'm gonna go to aesthetic school so i went and didn't even have any plans on doing anything with lash extensions but it just kind of fell in my lap i had a friend that was got a job at a salon and she got her lashes done there then they hired her and taught her how to do lash extensions and i had started or i graduated just a few months after her and she was like they're looking for more people to hire like i think you would be great at this and i was like okay cool so i went and i took i interviewed got hired and then they taught me how to do lashes and it came really naturally to me i really like like meticulous like detailed things and like organizing like I love like sitting and organizing stuff so I feel like lashes was like perfect for me and then I love having the creative part of it as well um and then I always knew as a kid like when people are like oh what do you want to be when you grow up I was like I want to be my own boss and I didn't really know what that meant and so I just knew that I wanted to be in control um so it just kind of like all worked out so that's kind of what just got me started into the lash industry in general that's super cool. And like they hired you with no experience and all that. That's awesome. And here you are, how many, eight, eight years, years later? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, so what's your experience been like with being a solo lash artist? Because you've been solo for most of your career. Is that right? Yeah. So the very first year I was a W2 employee. So I had, you know, I worked with coworkers and stuff and had that salon environment. And then the second year I, they, the salon owner really pushed us into wanting to booth rent. She wanted everybody to just start booth renting. And although I knew it was a goal I had, you know, to have my own business and stuff, I was kind of scared. Like after a year, I'm like, wait, am I making enough money? Like, can I afford this? But it kind of did help that they were pushing us to it and showing us our numbers. And they were like, you know what, you're still going to be here with your same clients. Like, this is what you would be able to take home, whatever. So then I moved into booth renting. I stayed there for a year where it was kind of mixed because then of course not everybody went booth renting it was just a weird mix of w2 employees and booth renters which i do not suggest like if you have a salon to do that because it just gets it gets bad fast but anyways um going out on my own then i've been on my own the whole time and i've i've really enjoyed it 
most of the time I've worked in a space where I also have other lash artists in the space too that are also independent, which I think is really nice because then we can all have our own businesses, but you kind of have that like environment where you feel like you have coworkers with you, but you don't have to worry about any of the coworker drama. Like everybody takes care of their own stuff. So it's been a really good experience for me and, and I like it a lot. That's awesome. And I would agree with that. Um, you know, being in a space, especially with like other people who are doing the same thing as you, because you can bounce ideas off of each other and like kind of have that community in a sense without having to worry about, well, for me, it was always like, I don't want to be told what to do. So I can totally resonate yeah. with you where you're like, I want to be my own boss. Cause that was me too. I'm like, I don't want to listen to anybody else at this point. Like I want to do my own thing, but it was mm -hmm. nice to have like other people to talk to and like say hi to in the hallway and things like that. Um, but you do have booth renters now in your space, right? Yeah. So I have two booth renters. Um, I only take clients now, like two and a half days a week, I would say. So I have one that is a booth renter on my bed the other days. So she's part-time and then I have a full-time booth renter in here too. So we only have two lash beds in the salon, but I have two girls that work in here. So it's kind of perfect. Yeah. I love that. It sounds like a nice setup. Um, so do you notice any significant like differences with having booth renters in your space versus like being by yourself? Um, okay. Well, I guess like the nice thing is that it helps cover the expenses of rent, right? If you have booth renters, I think so many people want to bring on employees or booth renters, or they're not really sure what to do. And for me, I just knew like I had a space big enough, like I might as well share it with somebody and share the costs that come with the space, um, which is nice. But um, I would say, cause I only really worked solo when I was like in a sola salon and I was like just by myself all day and it was just kind of lonely. And even sometimes when I'm in here by myself, I'm just like, wow, this is just, it's quiet in here. So I just like, I think it's just the main thing for me personally is that I like just to have kind of the interactions like throughout the day with other people and their clients. Yeah, for sure. I think I was the same way too. It's like nice to have someone else there. <laughs> yeah, just like somebody to talk to because otherwise it can be really lonely in the industry if you're just by yourself. And in solo salons, there's not always other, I mean, I think now it's different, but back in like 2018, there weren't as many lash artists in our area. So it was like not very many lash artists. It was a lot of hair stylists and stuff and nails in the solo salons. So um, in a couple of the places, like I was the only one who did lash extensions. So you didn't even have that, get to talk to people about, oh my gosh, like I had this, this problem today or this client, or I'm having this issue with my adhesive or like, Hey, I'm out of this length. Like, do you have anything <laughs> like yeah. any lashes for me? You know, like those kind of things. So um, it is nice to be in a space now where you know we can kind of bounce ideas off each other and just support each other but still be our own business yeah I love that so other question that related to that um if there's anyone out there who has like the space to rent out and they're interested in getting booth renters but they don't know where to start with that do you have any tips or things maybe that you wish you would have done differently when you got started yeah, well, it's so funny. I just got asked this question on TikTok and I was making a video about it because I think the first thing is you have to make sure you're classifying people correctly. What happens here that I've noticed, and I think in a lot of beauty salons is they either want like booth renter or commission, but they want to class, like they want to treat them as a W2 employee. 
And so you have to make sure that you're not treating them as such, because if you are, that is going to come with, you know, huge, um, try to think of what the word is like, uh, like, doesn't like, get like fined and stuff. Yeah. Like you're going to get fined and penalties. Yeah. Like yeah, penalties from, I'm like, what is the word? Yeah. It's going to come with a lot of penalties from the IRS because there are certain laws in how you, you know, pay taxes on W2 employees and everything. So if you want to have a booth renter, you need to understand that they are essentially, you are their landlord and they are renting a space from you. Now you can, you should still do kind of an interview process because I always think like at the end of the day for my salon, it's my name that's on the door. Clients don't always understand that we're all independent and we're all our own businesses. So I do think it's good to talk to somebody, interview them, ask them questions like, when have you had a difficult client and how did you deal with that? What does your customer experience look like? Um, you can ask them about their pricing, what their fills look like. You can ask them for photos of their work, right? Because you want to make sure you're bringing somebody in that has the same values, customer experience, and is providing a comparable service to yours and what you give your clients. So I think that that is something really good to make sure that you're getting somebody in um, that's a good fit. I do year-long uh, year leases with my girls, but I think if you're brand new to bringing on a booth renter, maybe even just try like a month-to-month or a 90 day contract that way you can kind of just see how it goes and work out the tweaks i definitely think have a really good lease contract too which i know um rihanna from she trademarks she has like amazing contracts that are for beauty professionals just to make sure that you're protecting yourself as well but i think just the main thing is make sure that you're not like that you're not misclassifying in any way because that can just come with like huge consequences yeah, for sure. And I think with that too, like you were saying with the contracts, I think some people think that's not a big deal or like it's their friend or it's someone that they know. So I don't need a contract, but just my experience with like renting and like subleasing and all of those things. And like, there's, I don't want to say there's a lot of drama with it, but there was a lot of issues that came up with yeah between like girls and like the landlord and all the things like definitely it doesn't matter who it is definitely would recommend having like a lease in place I mean I've never rented out like subleased out underneath me before but just with all of the issues that there were in the building I was in for like a few years yeah I definitely would recommend a contract or like a yeah. lease of some sort yeah and what it does it's not only protects you but it protects them too so it's good for both of you guys right at the end of the day so have those contracts even if it is your friend honestly like if it's your friend I'm more like inclined to have a contract because sometimes I feel like friends can be the ones that I don't know want to like push your boundaries a little bit more yep yep I would agree with that um so with that like you were saying you made a TikTok on that kind of like leads into my next question for you Miss TikTok mm. star <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm sure a majority of the industry they've probably seen a video of yours on TikTok before at least once um so how did you get started with TikTok? Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I started it for fun. It was like 2019 and I didn't even know really what TikTok was. 
it was like everyone was doing musically and I have a younger brother that's like 15 years younger than me so I honestly feel like that keeps me up to date with like what's going on in <laughs> in like the younger world of, of people and what's cool um and I remember like I had and then cousins and they were like musically and I was like that's weird and then TikTok came out um and I remember I just made silly videos like it was so cringy um, didn't really have anything to do with business. And I remember one of the videos that I got like a hundred thousand views on, it was me like shoving tissues up my nose and like putting a mask over my face of like when your lash artist is sick. And this was of course pre COVID. So <laughs> now like that might not be as funny to do, but it was like the first video where it got a hundred thousand views. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, this is like kind of fun. So then when everything shut down, I just, I kind of started pivoting to doing a little bit more educational content and stuff. And then it just kind of grew from there. And I really just, I enjoyed being on that app more than Instagram. I just enjoyed that. It felt like I could be silly and myself and it not have to be so curated and perfect because even in like 2019, 2020, Instagram was like still in that vibe of everything. So that's just kind of how I got started just for fun. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And I would agree too with TikTok. It just, it's not so curated and you can kind of like be your silly self a lot more over there. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like for me with our living situation this last year and a half, it's been nice because it's like, I don't feel like I have to have some kind of crazy video set up or like, you know, it doesn't have to be like a photo shoot and the perfectly curated photos like I mean, I don't feel like I really follow that on Instagram anyway, but that can kind of be the vibe over there more. Like I can literally sit in my car and make a video and it does like performs really well, that kind of thing. So it definitely yeah. is nice with that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um. So do you feel like it's been beneficial for service space for either your service based business too to like help you get clients or help you like maybe gain more visibility in your local area? So I think like ever since I really started pushing, you know, t doing more educational content, I was always talking to other lash artists. So for my, the educational part of my business with my courses, coaching, like that grew a lot of visibility for me, for sure. Even with the podcast too, like posting clips there, um, I never really intentionally made content to gain clients locally. And just up until like this last year, TikTok didn't have like the, a location feature where you could like target locations locations. So now I definitely think you can. And I've had people message me where they're like, where are you located? Oh my gosh, I'm in Vancouver as well. Like, you know, that I've, you know, had those things happen, but I've never really like intentionally made content to attract lash clients. Um, so definitely for like the education part of my business and making content for lash artist was a huge benefit for and like a growth in my business especially like 2021 was where i kind of it all clicked and i was like oh this is like actually something that you can really build um more authority and that it can trickle into your instagram and other parts of your business because TikTok is such an outreach platform the way that it puts your videos out in front of people who aren't already following you. And then I like to think of Instagram as like your nurturing platform. So they're finding you on TikTok. They're probably following you there, but then they can come to Instagram to get kind of more of that in-depth nurturing. Like they're choosing to follow you and see and have your content come up on their feed every day. Yeah. I think that TikTok personally, I feel like their algorithm is a lot better. Yeah. And that's why it's such like a good outreach platform. 
Mm -hmm. um but at least in my experience instagram like creating the connections and like deepening those relationships it's a lot easier to do over there for sure yes so it definitely like pros and cons on both of them yeah um, so you made a video recently on tiktok and i loved this <laughs> um i feel like you always are bringing in just like i've like just shaking up the industry a little bit just like new perspectives and like getting people to think about things in different ways um so you made a video recently that was talking about how you feel lash brands need to be using what you called modern marketing um and so with that you know like less curated content kind of what we've already touched on just a little bit and more authenticity and fun in their marketing so can you tell us a little bit more about this yeah so <laughs> Oh, that video was fun to make. Um, so I may get some hate for saying this, but in my opinion, I feel like a lot of these larger lash brands marketing has gotten really boring. And a lot of the OG lash brands that we know today that are still around, they blew up on Instagram from like 2016 to 2020. You could post like a beautiful high quality photo of a product and sell out that product or sell out your training, right? And then when 2020 hit and video content started gaining like huge popularity and TikTok obviously was the app that popped off and got a, a lot of people's attention went there. And that is where like more raw and real content started being consumed and people started craving that. So then I felt like, in my opinion, that a lot of people when they saw, you know, those this, everything was perfect and aesthetic. Um, you know, it felt it doesn't feel as real like it, it feels like you're being sold to and people weren't liking that anymore right so i think for so long that these brands were able to hide behind their the perfectly curated content with like whoever had the most aesthetic page like anybody who's been in the industry for a bit you remember like there is a thing where everybody's page like their grid would line up like perfectly or they would have all of these like it was a thing and you would have to have your grid like everything would have to line up and people went crazy with them and they looked beautiful but um it's just different now uh so i think that today people just want a more raw uh approach and not to say that like aesthetic and branding isn't important because of course we're in the beauty industry so duh we like pretty things and branding is going to be how you stand out but i believe that it's been harder for these brands to stay relevant and i think one of the reasons too is like even if you think in like 2016 right 20 even 2015 when i started eight years ago I would probably say that like the average career of a lash artist is five to seven years, like give or take, right? So when they were marketing to us as new lash artists, it's completely different. Like who they're marketing to now, this new generation of lash artists is a completely different audience with a completely different need for the type of content and marketing. And so I just think that brands, larger brands have been scared to step out and do something different and to try different things and be okay with like looking kind of silly, right? I've talked with a couple brands, right? Where they, they're used to getting really good reach on Instagram. And then that kind of started changing with like the change of algorithms and stuff. So they kind of tried on TikTok. They tried to do replicate what they were doing on Instagram there. And then they were like not receiving the same type of reach, maybe only getting 200 views. So they were like, well, this is dumb. Like I can't do this, right? So it's a completely different app. And that's where I just think that people need to just keep staying like in tune with what's going on and not being afraid to switch it up. Um, I, I was talking about in that video, 
video where I feel like Lash Based Jamie does a really, really good job. Um, Lash Reality, I think, does a really good job. Um, there's Lana Lashes, like she was doing a really cool job with just like bringing like the consultations, like the client POV consultations to TikTok and stuff like that. So it's like kind of always just changing up and trying something different than just like posting a photo and hoping that you sell out your products. Yep. Yep. Um, it's so interesting to look back and just see like the evolution of the industry because it seriously yeah. has changed so much even in just the last five years or so. Even in just the last few years, I feel like the landscape of it has changed between like when 2020 hit and now. Yeah. Um, much different ball game, I feel like. Um, so with that, and I love your perspective on that because I definitely agree. And, you know, really just thinking about you know who is who is their target audience and really trying to make their content more relevant to them do you feel like this applies like this concept of modern marketing applies to like solo lash artists as well and if so what are some examples of like changes or what can they be doing um, with their content to be more modern and be more authentic and genuine with their target audience yeah, I think it applies to everybody. Um, and I don't want to like scare people from making content. I think that in worrying like, oh, is this like not modern enough or whatever? I think no matter what, you just need to like do it. Take your phone out, put it on your face and uh, start filming, right? And talking to the camera. But I think you need to become an observer. And this is for brands and solo lash artists, right? So take note of the content that you're consuming and what makes you stop scrolling and like what makes your ears perk up and you like stop and listen, right? Because in this world, we're so quick to just scroll, scroll, scroll. If something doesn't catch our attention, we're moving to the next, like our attention spans are so tiny. So take note of like what makes you stop and want to watch a video or watch something all the way through. Is there a way that you can follow that format of that video and apply your own messaging to create content, right? And it's not just about, I actually was on TikTok live earlier today and someone's like, how do you come up with content ideas? I'm always afraid of, I want to do something original and not, you know, do the same type of content. And I'm like, hate to break it to you. Nothing's really original. Like somebody, even if in a different industry has probably already done. And a lot of stuff is just recycled. What makes it original is you. It's your voice, your mannerisms, your gestures, the way that you bring out a message to somebody, how you talk to somebody, the words that you use. That's what makes it original. The way you show up, right? Like where you are when you're filming content, that's what makes it original, not necessarily like the format of the content. So I would just say one of the main things, observe, start following people that are not in the lash industry because we <laughs> we all follow each other and then we're like oh this is trending like okay the we'll talk about um i mentioned the lana lashes and she was doing the client povs now everybody's freaking doing that right which it still is cool because it's giving clients an idea and a perspective of what booking an appointment is like with you but it's like now we're all doing it so it's trying to find ideas that is outside of the industry because I do feel like the lash industry is always like a little bit behind. Um, 
on how content is being consumed. And I think some of that is because a lot of the lash industry doesn't make content on TikTok. And I always feel like, I don't know if you've noticed it too, where, cause I know you're on, t- you're like one that's also like posting more on TikTok where you'll see something kind of trending or something going on there. And then like three weeks later, you see it on Instagram and you're like, girl, that happened like, <laughs> that happened forever ago. Where have you been? And so I kind of feel like it's like that too. So um, just observing, um, you know, following other people that are outside of the industry and not even the beauty, like even outside of the beauty industry. Right. And just kind of taking note of that, seeing what works and seeing if you can create that kind of format with your own messaging. And when you do have something that works, how can you recreate that? Right. And how can you restructure with the same format with maybe a different tweak or different way of messaging and, you know, keep that content coming, especially if it's working for you. Yes, definitely. And on that, like keeping an eye on your insights on your posts, whether that's on TikTok or Instagram and seeing what is performing well. And as far as that, like not even just likes or comments or how many views it gets, but like what type of content is getting people to click through to your profile and look at your profile? What type of content is helping people like click through to your outbound link, your booking link. Like that's what I'm always looking for for my social media clients and helping them. Okay. This is what's doing well for us right now. Like let's lean into this type of content more. Um, But yeah, with what you said, I really love that. Um, Especially the, you know, really sourcing inspiration from outside of the industry. It's, I love that you said that because that's actually like, honestly, I would say that's how I learned to build a clientele to begin with was, inspiration from outside of the industry like listening to you know marketing and business podcasts that had nothing to do with lashes or beauty I was watching like videos from a coach completely outside of our industry and applied like her framework to the lash industry and like my lash business and that's what helped me learn how to build a clientele faster like so many different things that we can learn from other people um, who are absolutely completely different businesses than we are so I love that. And then I had one other thing I wanted to say too, um, from all that goodness that you just gave us. Sorry, it's such a long-winded answer. No, you're okay. But I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like, I love this. Um, what was I going to say? I'm going to have to think about that. But I'll add, because um, you about like tracking your insights and stuff. Like, I think that's something too, where I kind of mentioned, you know, some people will be like, oh, I'm not getting good views. Like, oh, this sucks. I just suck. I'm giving up. Right. Data over drama always. Like if something isn't working out, like use that as data to, to pivot into something else. And instead of just being like, oh, this isn't like, this sucks. Like I just give up just gather the data and track those insights and see. And I'm all, I always say too, it's engagement over going viral. You can get a million views on something and not gain a single client, right? And if that is what your goal is to gain clients, then how is that actually, it's a vanity metrics. Like it's cool that you got a million views, right? Like maybe you got a lot of followers, but would any of those people like actually book a service with you? So just engagement over going viral. So if your video only got 200 views, but you had five people commenting on it, that is so much better than a million views with, you know, five comments of people that wouldn't even book with you. Yep. I think the only thing that going viral, and I don't even say I've had like very many videos go like very viral, but I have had a handful and all it got me was like trolls Yeah, and like, (laughs) troll comments and then like people from high school being judgmental and just like just so dumb like yeah 
I, I would rather have like a few hundred views of the right people viewing it than thousands or hundreds of thousands of views with just like random people who have nothing to do with the industry or are not my target audience at all. Um, yes, I agree. And I feel like it's a big thing. Like I, I've talked about this on Instagram and TikTok a lot where like, I don't really use trending sounds like at all. Mm -hmm. I used to, right? Like when in the beginning, like you'll see me lip syncing to stuff, but I like, you will rarely see that in my content anymore. And I think that a lot of people will use them on Instagram and it kind of like, gosh, it like makes me roll my eyes so hard. And people are like, oh, you want to gain followers? Like just use this trending sound right now. It's trending. Use it. Well, what a trending sound is, is literally a trend. It's going to die in like a week, if not quicker. Once the trend is no longer a trend, the algorithms stop pushing your video. So you're just like putting a really short shelf life on your content. I have videos where it's me talking to the camera or doing like education and stuff. And from like three years ago, that still today on TikTok, I'm getting engagement and comments on them, right? Like that is a good piece of content that is going to stand. Like you want that type of content that's gonna have that really long shelf life. So prioritizing that type of content versus just trending sounds like, yeah, maybe you get that quick hit of like, um you know, excitement of getting the views and stuff, or maybe you do get a lot of views, but like, just think like, is it really giving you what you want long-term? Yeah. And you know, it might get you a lot of views and like you were saying, like that initial hit of excitement, but I feel like a lot of those trending sounds and videos are, are like entertainment type of videos, which yeah. isn't a bad thing. Like I feel like that can be good to like mix into your strategy, but with that like does it really serve a purpose for you because there's a lot yeah. of my like social media clients who are like wanting to do a lot of like the reels and like the lip syncing and this and that I'm like okay but how can we frame this or position this towards your ideal clients like how can we still add yeah. value to this like how can we make this uh, more than just like a, a funny laugh and then they scroll on and it doesn't yes. get you any follows or click throughs or anything like that and I feel like that's part of where I say that lash brands bore me because so many right now are doing trends like trends like that. It's the most predictable content that you will ever make because if it's trending, everybody's making the same thing. So it's just like, it's so predictable that it's like, okay, I've seen this like 50 other lash artists today have posted the same freaking video. Like what's yeah. special about yours? So that is where like, it may sound harsh and I don't mean it bad. Everything I say comes from like good intentions for people to learn. But, um, you know, that's one thing where I'm like, let's, let's not just do like trends just because for that reason and that they are predictable. And that's where I come from when I'm like, it's kind of boring. Like it's really boring. And to me, it can be lazy content, but I do tell people, like you said, you can do the trends, but can we position this in a way that it's still serving our audience? So are we like putting a really educational filled post caption, right? Um, are we inviting them into our DMs so we can have a conversation and connect with them? Like, can you do something? Like, yes, I think you can get the best of both worlds, but you do need to keep that in mind. So I think it's really cool that you do that with your uh, students. Yes, I have had so much fun helping people with their social media the last several months. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and I, I, I mean, I feel like they've been learning a lot too. It's just like, sometimes I like, it's just little tweaks too. 
like and and with content ideas and that's what I was going to say earlier is like like when you're going to post a piece of content whether it's like a reel or TikTok or just a photo on your Instagram page like would what you're posting like this is something I've been thinking about lately but would what you're posting stop you in your scroll like Mm -hmm. would that be something that would be interesting to you um, because I'm finding as I like scroll through my personal Instagram page, like with if I'm following, like there's a couple like local lash artists where we just moved that have followed me on there. So I followed them back on my personal page and just a lot of the content. I don't know. It's just a different perspective. I feel like when it's yeah. coming from my personal page and I'm scrolling through and I'm seeing their, you know, like their posts mixed in or even if I run across my business page like stories as I'm scrolling through all my friends stories on my personal page I'm like, oh, "Okay, so like, you know, if this was not like my page, like how would I interact with this or not? Like would this still catch my would I be like scrolling past this really quickly?" And just thinking about it from that perspective of like is this something that's actually going to get people to stop and look at it um, or like comment or like or anything like that because you hear so many people who complain about low engagement these days and it's mm-hmm. all the algorithms fault but <laughs> I always challenge people well let's stop and think about it because the algorithm you basically train your algorithm true yes they do change things here and there but you're basically training your algorithm so it's like well, if you're getting low engagement, what can we do to change that? And a lot of the times it's like this, even if it's not like trending and stuff, but it's like the same, you're posting the same type of content over and over with like the eyeball photos or like quotes. And like that gets very predictable after a while. And that gets, in my opinion, boring after a while. And I don't mean that in a harsh way, like you said, but just like does that really give your audience something to engage with? Or does your caption with volume lashes, link in bio, like, does that really give anything for a potential client or really anybody to comment about or like or engage with? Because if not, then that might be why you're getting lower engagement because you're not giving them anything to actually engage with. So, right. Cause you're like, why would I care? Or like, why would they care? Right. You know, yep. what's so. going to get them to stop their scroll and, or even stop their scroll and click through to book with you right then and there, mm-hmm. because that is a whole other ball game in itself as well. Um, yes. So I love that conversation. I I hope that that's something that just gets people thinking, um, especially as we're in a new year, like Mm -hmm. just trying to try new things and just have fun with it. Maybe it doesn't work out like you thought it would, but you're trying new things, seeing what's working, what's not working. And like you said, data over drama and letting yourself follow the data in the way of like, okay, this is what's working the best for me right now. Yes. So what would you tell someone who is intimidated by TikTok when it comes to growing a business on there? Um, I mean, I feel, gosh, because I know a lot of people and I get this question a lot where they're like, I'm scared, you know, I think um, you definitely just treat it like your Instagram stories because I feel like there's less pressure on Instagram stories and showing up there. So especially with TikTok, like start treating it like your, your Instagram stories. You had said that, you know, when you had videos go viral that you got trolls. So don't be afraid to use that block button. Like I, my block list on TikTok is so freaking long because I'm like, there's negativity. There's people like whatever I'm like blocked because 
I will say that it, I know you have a question about downfalls of TikTok. I will say that's like my main one where people are a lot more opinionated on TikTok. And it's just because you're not, they don't, they're not choosing to follow you, right? You probably just came up on their page and then they're going to voice whatever they have to say. And most of the time it's a profile that doesn't even have a profile picture. They don't have a name. They have no content. You don't even know who they are, right? So just use that block button. There's TikTok does have a lot of features where you can like filter comment, like filter certain words and stuff too. Um, and we kind of talked about this too. If you're intimidated, focus more on your engagement over going viral. Like we went through that, like that's going to be a big thing. Um, don't like, if you are showing up authentically, the right people will find you. I promise like show up like you show up, show your silly, quirky personality, show your random little hobbies you like to do. And the right audience is going to find you. Um, and th and then I think my last one is just like, it's not that serious. So just start, you know, like <laughs> it's okay. Like if you look, it, it's fine. I mean, I, there's a reason why I have never gone back and like deleted videos or anything because and even with my Instagram, right, because I'm just like, I think it's cool that if people want to scroll through, they can see the journey and the evolution of like how everything's been since I started. Um, so I think just just letting yourself have fun. And if you're coming authentic and with good intentions, like you really don't have anything to lose. Yep. Yep. And and I think that that's beneficial to point out too, like you were talking about the evolution of where you started at versus where you're at now. Like everybody starts somewhere and yes. like the big creators or the people who you admire on TikTok or Instagram, like they have all started where you're at right now at some point too. And yes, just started where they were at and continue to build up. I, I think that was something that I thought about for a long time. I was like, well, I want to be... I want to be a podcaster. I want to be an educator. Like I want to do these things that I see other people doing. And it's like, well, it's not like they just woke up overnight and they were who they are now. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like they were, they had as much visibility as they do now, or they had taught as many trainings as they did now. Like they intentionally made the decision that I want to do this thing. So I'm going to wake up every day and do what it takes to get there. I'm going to post the videos and I'm going to show up regardless of if there's one person watching or 10 people or 100 people and just starting where you're at now. And that's made a big difference for me is like, OK, well, like it's not like they just woke up overnight and I can do the same thing as well mm -hmm. um, and like wake up every day and just decide that, you know, like this is this is what I want to do. Like, this is the goal I have and this is what's going to help me get there. So I'm going to do it. And I would agree the block button is a very nice feature. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for all social media, like if somebody, the block or the mute button, like yeah. I, I have a lot of accounts muted on Instagram um, and it's been the best thing for my mental health. I love the mute button because it's like, I love you, but right now I cannot consume your content because it's doing something like negative to me or it's something that I need to deal with within my own like trauma or whatever and love you right now. I just can't see what you're posting or if you're just going to be a jerk, then I'm blocking you. I wanted to add, cause, uh, 
I love what you said about, you know, people don't just aren't these overnight successes. So I encourage people like whoever your favorite YouTuber, TikToker, or whoever you like to follow, like go down on their page, you might have to scroll for a while. But like, you can go to like their first YouTube video and just compare, right? Like everybody started somewhere and they didn't start where they had this like giant, beautiful production system with this amazing camera and all of the features and the bells and whistles with all their stuff, right? Like, just go back and kind of, I feel, I feel like I've done that too, where it just kind of puts it into perspective. Like I've done that with a couple TikTok accounts that I follow where I'm like, oh my gosh, they have like blown up. This is crazy. Their content is so cool. Their editing style is really cool. And just going back and looking at their earlier videos where it's like, oh, like they also have grown. And it wasn't something that just happened overnight. It was something that they've been working for, for a long, long time. Like, and sometimes it can be years that until they're finally getting, I guess, the recognition or whatever you want to call it, where then people think they're an overnight success, but they're like, no, I've been grinding for a long time. Nobody cared though. Right. And it's like, okay, then they finally, you know, got the visibility or, you know, blew yeah. up overnight, but they've been working towards that for years and years and years. Right. Um, I love that you also like mute people on Instagram because I do the same thing. I think that's been very beneficial for me because like I know that I want and need to utilize social media to grow my business so I want to make that a healthier place for me to show up and not mm -hmm. somewhere that where I get on and like I'm feeling down about myself because that's something that I struggle with a lot is like self-criticism mm -hmm. and so that's something I've utilized so much in the last couple of years is just muting people and it's not even like because I don't like them or they're posting negative content but sometimes it's just a matter of like I just know I need to stay in my own lane I just want to put my blinders on and get to work and not worry about what other people are doing um, or like yeah. you said like maybe it's my own thing of like something I need to work through and I just need to not see that content right now that's something like going into this year, I have basically cleaned up my following list a ton <laughs> and just like unfollowed certain accounts, muted accounts, like done what I need to do to just continue to make it like a healthy place to show up and somewhere where it like gets me excited to go on and interact with the my community there and, you know, talk with people and be inspired and not something that I dread because if it's something that you dread getting on and you don't like it then you're going to want to avoid to do it. And I don't, yeah. at least for me at this point, like that's not going to be beneficial for me. So I like that. I'm not the only one that does that. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think anybody listening, like, don't be afraid to use that, use that mute button. And sometimes too, it's just that we all compare ourselves to what everybody else is doing. And we see somebody that's like, oh, I'm making these like $25,000 months. And they're like, you know, and maybe you've seen that content right now is like, ugh. And it makes you want to freeze and stop doing what you're doing and putting in the work because you're like comparing yourself to that person. And if you're feeling like that, then that's why I'm just like, mute it. I I, I love you. I respect what you're doing. But right now, like it's pulling something out of me that is triggering a negative emotion that I just need to like hyper-focus on what I'm doing and not compare myself and just kind of do that for a little bit and just see if it helps because it should be, it doesn't have, social media doesn't have to be like, this horrible place like it should not be right so yep yep I agree with that um so you kind of mentioned one of the what you feel like is like a downfall of in TikTok um but are there any other things that you feel like are downfalls or obstacles with marketing on TikTok that you've ran into um 
I'm trying to think that was like the only the main one that I could that came up like on the top of my head was just that people tend to voice their opinions. Um, I will say I'll just add to that that people like controversy um, and they like so like for example i've had i've done a lot of videos i talk a lot about pricing as a lash artist and charging hourly and so i get a lot of comments where people are like doctors don't even get paid that much and blah blah blah, blah. like if you have the backbone to which i know because some people are more sensitive and those comments like really bother them and they don't want to be like controversial and i'm not saying in a mean way at all um but maybe just like being like actually here's what the deal actually is um but if you can respond to those comments in you know a respectable way and educate then i think that is like such powerful content that you're going to get that's going to get a lot of traction so but i also understand too that not everybody wants to not everybody likes like controversy like i kind of like it so i feel like that's why i do usually voice my opinions um and i think being just being open to to other people's opinions like it's okay if not everybody agrees with me it's okay if not everybody likes me but just if you're coming with good intentions once again and goodness in your heart then i don't think you have anything afraid to lose but those type of that type of content definitely pops off anytime that I respond to hate comments or anything, or I did a video where like I shared my top hate comments that I got on that video, um, just to kind of make fun of it and like kind of make fun of myself too. And those videos do really well. So if you have the backbone for it, then I think they're great, but I totally get it if not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing I would add too, cause, um, you were saying like, it's okay. You know, if I don't remember exactly what you said, somebody doesn't like you. Or... Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think another thing is, like, it's okay if you have, like, a different experience than somebody oh. else, too. Yeah. Like, we all have different lived experiences. We come from different backgrounds. We have different clientele. We live in different areas. Like, it's going to be different for us sometimes. And, like, it's okay for you to speak, like, your truth and, like, what's true for you and, like, teach from that and share from that and, like, make videos and content from that. And, like, it's okay if someone doesn't agree with you. Yes. Like, I feel like that's something that made me fearful of like sharing more of my own opinions and like being more of myself online because I was scared of being told that I was wrong or like you're you know that's not the right way to do it or whatever else was like well if you, I'm speaking or if I'm teaching or if I'm creating content from what I know to be true and from my own lived experiences like they can tell me I'm wrong, but, and that's okay. But like, that doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't yeah. make me wrong. And like, it's okay to have different experiences and it's okay to have different opinions. And like, I don't know. Cause I feel like that's where some people can really run into like imposter syndrome too. Mm. And so that's what I always tell like my students or anything is just like, well, speak and teach and like stay true to yourself. Stay genuine to that. And like, if people disagree then that's okay like they're not for you or it's not your target audience either because a lot of the hate comments at least that I've gotten are people who are not even in the industry have never touched a lash before it's like a 16 year old dude like and it's like and that was when I responded back to that one comment because they were like wow like why would I take business advice from a video with 30 likes on it and it was like well first off I posted that 15 minutes ago so that's oh my good. god yeah, that's actually but pretty secondly, good. secondly, I don't think you're a lash artist, so I don't think that this applies to you anyway, but yeah. Right. But thanks for the engagement. That's the thing too. I'm yeah. like, 
if people comment, I'm like, thanks for the engagement. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to like engage on my, on my post. Yeah. Love you. You boost. know, like that's, <laughs> that's kind of where I go with it too. Even if it's a hate comment, I'm like, Hey, it's pushing, it's pushing that video yeah. out there because then TikTok and Instagram are going to see people are commenting. So they're going to show more people. So yep. what is it? I saw, I think it was a Nicki Minaj video or something where she's like giving a thank you speech. And she's like, yep. To all my haters, like, yes, you talk about me, but you download my music to make fun of it and it only benefits me so thank exactly. you <laughs> yeah and like thinking of it that way I think is the best that's why that's why I kind of like am open to controversy or just welcoming different opinions and I know that not everything like that people are going to have different opinions and that I may change my opinion when I hear somebody else's perspective of something but just being open to that but yeah like you said staying true to yourself um pulling from your lived experience is you know really important on and just come that's just important on coming across authentic and building a an audience that is going to crave wanting content from you and wanting to watch you and to feel that connection with you as well yep yep I totally agree with that um so as we ring in the new year do you have any book recommendations for us to start off strong I've been asking this to all of our guests mm -hmm. lately I love this question because I have like re-fallen in love with reading like the past year I would well I would say the past like six months I've always read but the past three or four years, it's always been business, like books and self-development, money mindset, like books like that. So I do want to give you guys some recs for those because I do love those books. But I do feel the past six months, I've re-fallen in love with like reading all different types of books, whether it's like fantasy or thriller or mystery. And that's just like opened up a new gate of creativity for me. Um, so definitely for business books. Um there's this book called 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Brianna West. Amazing. It's a big book, but I would say um, I have it as part of my morning routine because the, there's like a bunch, it's a bunch of different essays, right? 101. And so every morning I read one of them, which it can be some of them are like two pages, some are four, right? So I just kind of make that part of my morning routine. Really, really good. Um, all Just all sorts of things. It's, it's a really good book. Um, Another one of, I have two other favorites that I think everybody should read if they haven't. Uh, we Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. I think that one is so good, especially for the beauty industry and that most of us are women. And I feel like we have this mindset block when it comes to accepting money, wanting to make more money. Um, that one's really good. And then Smart Women Finish Rich by David Batch is super, super good too, especially if you want to learn more about like finances, retirement planning, saving credit, like all that kind of stuff. It's it's really good. So I would say those are like my top three um, for business. And um, yeah, I think I'll just say that like uh, if you haven't like if you tend to just read like business and stuff books like get into like something else like check out like some fantasy or some smut or some thrillers like i've gone deep <laughs> into like fantasy TikTok and book talk and um it's just been really fun because i feel for me personally probably a lot of us we tend to be in our business brain a lot and we're always thinking about business and we tend to get in those creativity ruts and being able to just shut off my brain at the end of the night and like read a book that has nothing to do with business. Uh, and that's why I've also been like putting my phone away at night too, because that way I can just put myself into a whole different world and be able to let the business part of myself, like relax in the background. So that way I can wake up like refreshed the next day. And then that's why I read like the 101 essays in the morning. Cause it just kind of gets me like set up for the day and inspired. So 
if you like reading, I just got a Kindle too. So I've been like obsessed with downloading books on my Kindle and it's been a great time. <laughs> That's really cool. And I don't think I've heard personally heard of those three business books either. So I'm going to be oh, cool. those ones up. Um, but I agree with you with the like things outside of the industry. And I think even you know, books or even just with like hobbies outside of the industry. Mm-hmm. Like that's something mm-hmm. I've thought about in the last six months is like, what do I enjoy doing? That's not lashes. That's yes. not business. That's not kids. That's not anything to do with like my husband. Like, cause that's, it's I mean, just for you. Yeah. It's like, that's what I spend all of my time doing. And I'm guilty of being someone who's like, if I'm not with my kids, like if I have five minutes by myself, I'm very likely trying to fit some type of business task yeah. in because that's just the season of life that I'm in trying yeah. to, you know, work when I can. But being able to just sit down and have hobbies or like read books or for me, it's been just like like a Procreate app mm. Um, on my like I got an iPod, I don't know, five, six months ago and yeah. got Procreate on it. And it's just fun to sit there and create just for the fun of it. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to even be good like it'd be a good drawing but I could still have fun doing it you know what I mean um and I think that that has helped me like tap into my creative side in business more easily Mm -hmm. um and just you know having I've heard some people call it like white space on your calendar too oh just like time where you don't have anything scheduled and you can just do something like it still time that's carved out in a sense but like you don't have anything structured to do during that time you're not doing business tasks you're not you know for me like I'm not taking care of kids or whatever like if I can have some time to myself to just do something that I like doing or like cook like a favorite meal or like just I don't know if you like enjoy crocheting or you know being outside or just hammocking or reading a book like just doing something um for you that that can really help increase like your creativity and your inspiration and that can be something that helps with thinking of content ideas or thinking of new things to do in your side of your business or try inside of your business so I like that you brought that up because that's something that I've been leaning into um not necessarily with books but just like hobbies lately and it's been very helpful so yeah I love that I've been really trying to to like other hobbies of like creative outlooks or outputs because I've always been someone who was always like I do like I've crocheted in the past um I used to always draw and like paint I was like really crafty like as a kid and that's something that I'm like I need to get back into that of like doing something that does not have to do with business um or lash extensions because yeah I've noticed and even like especially um this past year when I got way back into like the gym and fitness and stuff like even just going for walks like long walks and you know having my phone on do not disturb like I would just all these ideas would just come rushing to me um of content or whatever and yeah I think it's just finding something else like you are more than just your business like you're in a business is an extension of who you are but it is not who you are and I love that idea of like the white space in your calendar. Like I need to definitely start blocking like intentional spaces out for that because that's that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen a few people who have like stepped out of the industry who've said something similar where they felt like they 
didn't know who they were anymore outside of lashes like that almost became like their identity and like their business became their identity so I think that that's something that's very important especially for like sustainability and like longevity of your business like if this is something you really want to do long term is to not like lose yourself in it and still like have a really good sense of identity outside of that Mm -hmm. um I think someone asked Tessany this at LashCon and she had some really good um, insight on that. And they were talking about like, you know, where, where do you find like your identity at and things. So just interesting conversations as, you know, business owners, because I don't think that that gets talked about very much. I agree. I love that. That's such a good conversation. I feel like we could have a whole conversation just on that. Oh yeah. We'll both oh have yeah. To check- for sure. <laughs> we'll both have to check in on like what our how our hobbies are going and stuff. Yeah. Because- yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I also need you to know you inspired me to start putting my phone away sooner. That was something my mom did for me as a teenager. Like you always had to have your phone Same. like plugged in at 9 p.m. and I thought it was like the worst thing and of course you know when you don't sleep well I can't even imagine having kids and then not sleeping well and trying to like have enough brain power to take care of your children plus run a business like I yeah and so I'm like I I feel bad even complaining when I'm tired because I'm like I just have my dogs like you know but you know but it's like it's it's something that and you had asked a question on here, um, which I'm probably getting ahead of it, but like my last piece of advice would yes. just be to Go limit your screen time this year. Yeah. Like yeah. focus on limiting your screen time. Um, because it I don't know. And it's that's one of my big things this year is to try and my first step is putting my phone out of my bedroom, 9 p.m. That time I start, I am no longer on my phone. Obviously, I have my important family that if an emergency happened, their phone calls will come through and I will hear it and they can get a hold of me. But otherwise the phone goes away, screens off. Um, I've even been trying to not watch TV past 9 PM, but that's like another piece of it. Start small, start with one small step that helps you limit your screen time. Um, even keeping your, uh, something I did earlier last year was I turned off all most of my notifications on Instagram and on most of my social media apps, I don't have notifications on because that way when I actually want to go look at the app, I'll go look, not because my phone dinged me. So you can do those small little things to start limiting your screen time and then just kind of build upon that because then it just becomes something that you don't even realize that you're doing. Yep, I agree. I, I used to have like, well, I still do have like do not disturb turns on at like 10 p.m. for me, mm-hmm. but still found myself doom scrolling. And that's when you have time to just sit there and think. And I'm someone who my brain just does not shut off. Like I have to okay. intentionally stop thinking at night to go to sleep. And so it was not doing anything like beneficial for me. And that's something that I realized too. And like something I've like taught in courses in the past is like, finding those correlations in life of like, okay, I'm don't feel good about myself right now, or I am like spiraling, like thought wise, or, um, you know, I, I'm just having a harder day today and just picking up on like, okay, well, what correlates with that? Because for me, I started realizing the days that I was more snappy with my kids. I was less patient. I had a harder day. I wasn't very productive was always the days that I had more screen time and that I was like scrolling on TikTok more or like doom scrolling on Instagram or like stayed up all night on my phone instead of getting sleep. So that was something where I was like, well, okay, I'm seeing this correlation. So how can I be limiting my screen time like you were talking about to be able to not feel like that? Because that doesn't feel good. And especially for me, like as a parent, like I don't want to treat my kids that way. So what can I do to be better with that? Um, 
it, but I like that you said start small because it's hard. <laughs> it's it's a habit, right? It's a habit yeah. that we all have. The first thing we wake up, we pick up our phone, yep. you know, and that's even something small you could start with. Like, instead of doing that, get up in the morning, drink a big glass of water, um, then grab your phone, right? So it's it's hard because it just, we're, it's ingrained in us and they don't make it easy because everything is made to keep our attention on the screen, right? So it's not mm -hmm. easy. So if you have a hard time, like do not feel bad, start small. Yep, yep, I love that. So do you wanna tell us a little bit about your Lash and Ten event? Yes. Yeah. So I'm throwing a Be My Lash and Ten event in Vancouver, Washington on February 18th. And I'm super excited. Erica is one of our lovely sponsors. There's going to be swag bags. There's going to be giveaway items. Um, but overall, especially in like the Washington and Oregon area, we don't have a lot of like opportunities for lash artists to get together and have like community building collaboration networking and just like getting to know each other we talked earlier in this episode where it can be really lonely a lot of us work solo right so i really wanted to create an event that brings this local community together or people that are close by so um yeah so we're doing the be my lash and tine it's wear your best pink or red outfit and it's just going to be super fun and like hearts and pink and glitter and just it's going to be a good time we're going to have a DJ where it's fully catered. There's going to be champagne. It's going to be super fun, but then also you're going to be getting, you know, some amazing swag bags. I did partner with a lot of local brands as well. I'd say it's about 50, 50, um, because I wanted to be able to introduce artists here to local lash brands. So, uh, those tickets are on sale until February 1st. And, um, yeah, if you're in the area or you're close by, you should definitely come and grab a ticket so you can come hang out with us. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, and if they don't already follow you online, where can they find you at? You can find me uh, pretty much anywhere, TikTok, Instagram, um, KK Artistry with an underscore. Uh, then my podcast, Educated Artistry Podcast, you can listen on Apple, pretty much everywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, and then we're on YouTube as now as well, if you like to watch video podcast. So great. I love that. Well, thank you so much. And I'll You're have welcome. her links in the show notes for you guys so you can go follow her really easily. Yay. Thank you, Erica. Thanks. Mm -hmm.